Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very first episode of The Athlete Journal. I'm Madeline Trevison and super excited for our first guest today, the one and only Meg Dharmafall. Meg was a teammate of mine at Michigan, ran cross country and track. Uh, we were captains of the team together, but uh, more importantly, Meg, you are just the toughest athlete that I know. And we'll get into a lot about that. But um, yeah, Meg, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, Maddie. I'm excited to see what you can do with this cool project. Yeah, so yeah, I'm really excited. And um, obviously this is the first episode. So just a little background. Um, the whole purpose of this project is to just kind of be able to relay a lot of athletes experiences. And oftentimes the things that are highlighted in our athletic careers, you know, might be championships that you won with your team or, you know, sometimes it's like minutes played in a game or the time that you had a PR, but there's so much more that comes um, a part of that athlete experience and the kind of background stories, what I really want to capture and kind of being able to uh, share that I think is something not a lot of athletes are able to do when they're done with their career. It's kind of, you move on, but having a platform to kind of talk about this, I think is, it's, it's going to be really fun for me. And I'm happy that you're able to do it, Meg. Yeah, it's cool. I think that like the cool part about sports is this, it brings so many people together with so many different stories, so many different purposes and passions. And especially competing at a high level, you have so like, like when we were at Michigan, we had so much access to like media and they were really good at like advertising our accomplishments. And then, and you had this really good platform and even something that like I've been struggling with is like, once you're done competing there, it's like, and you're not going to be professional all of a sudden you're kind of just like gone and you're like dealing with this transition and you don't have, you don't have very many resources as much as you had when you were in the athletic department to kind of talk about the transition or talk about your time of sports. And it's like definitely a time of like reflecting these past, however many months since I uh, like stopped running for the team, I've, I feel like I've reflected a lot on, on just like my athletic career as a whole from like day one, all the way till now. And there hasn't really been much to like be able to talk about that or people to talk about that with who really understand. So I think this is a cool, cool little piece to be a part of. Yeah, no, you know, that on the head, that's exactly what I'm trying to do with this. Before we go on, just a quick word from our partner, Unbeknownst Co. Now, Unbeknownst Co. is a small woman-owned business operating out of a small apartment in Portland, Oregon. Unbeknownst Co. has unique handmade goods, jewelry, and art prints. I have a couple earrings from there. Absolutely amazing, really cool pieces. All of them are featuring minimalistic design inspired by natural elements. And even better, they focus on providing quality functional aesthetics in sustainable packaging. So you guys should check out unbeknownstco.com and all Athlete Journal podcast listeners can get 15% off by using the promo code capital AJP15. That's AJP for Athlete Journal Podcast 15. Definitely check it out. Well, if you don't happen to know the Meg Darmafall um, and everything that she did at Michigan, I'll give you guys a little bit of a summary of her career. And Meg, feel free to add anything in if I missed anything. But um, at her time at Michigan, had like bits and pieces early on in your career where you showed moments of greatness. But, um, you know, I'd really say your senior year is when you took off and kind of took the running world by storm. Um, you were fifth in the indoor mile. One of my favorite stories is when in the prelim, you lost both your shoe and your sock 
and had to run around a bank 200 meter track to qualify for the final and um, ended up scoring and, and placing fifth. And then you went on later um, that season, you got the call up uh, for the DMR at nationals, which if you guys aren't familiar with the track world, that's the distance medley relay. And basically one of the biggest stages in track and field only um, was it 12 teams that will qualify for the relay. And, um, you know, Meg didn't know if she'd be running the anchor lay or not stepped up ran 440 an amazing race to um, anchor the team to a sixth place finish which is all American so that was when we kind of knew okay I always knew you were legit from the first time I met you but um, that was when we're like okay Meg's not only like good but she's really good so that was that was cool and then uh, later that season just kind of kept the ball rolling 1500 um, outdoor at regionals you were the first one out of nationals. So um, almost made nationals, which was again, capping off an amazing season. Um, you had also scored in the big 10 um, for the 15 outdoor. Um, and then you just kept the ball rolling next year. Indoor season, big 10 silver medalist in the mile. But then one of my favorite races that I've ever seen you do, besides when you lost your shoe, uh, was when in the DMR, you anchored the team to uh, win in a really tight race at the Big Ten Championship and won that championship with our team. And I just remember racing over to the sideline, hugging you after, and, and what an awesome feeling that that was. So those are some of my favorite highlights of your career. And then the pandemic hit. We know the story that happened after. Uh, really hard time for all athletes. You made the decision to come back, which I know um, wasn't an easy decision. You had already spent another year for your fifth year, getting a grad program, had plans to go to PT school, which you're in now, but um, you ended up adding on another master's so you could continue racing in the maize and blue. So um, kind of lots to unpack there, but uh, you know, I guess I just wanna first kind of give you an opportunity to reflect on some of those moments and more so kind of what it took to get there. And I'm sure there are times where you might've even surprised yourself a little bit. Yeah, that was, cool to hear everything back it always those are definitely my favorite moments probably um performance wise but uh like to get there I feel like I don't know it's always cool to reflect like year by year I was lucky up until my last year here that I was I kind of got better every single year which is hard to do in running um and a lot of that was like I I mean I was I never had a, a year where I was healthy but I I like to say that I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. And just every time I had a setback, I made sure that I took my break, you know, collected myself, but then like got stronger for the next go around. I knew another injury was probably inevitable, but just, I would never like um, make the same mistake twice, or at least what I was making, what I thought the mistake was in my head <laughs> that got me there. Um, so it was cool to see, like when you went kind of chronologically on like my accomplishments there, just thinking, yeah, when I lost my shoe and scored at big tens that first time, I remember, remember the night, the night that I, after I had gotten fifth at big tens, I was literally like to my dad, like, this is the best night of my life. Like, I can't believe I scored at big tens. I thought it was the coolest thing where like the year prior, just making the big 10 team was the biggest deal to me. And then a year later, I was like gunning to I wanted to win big tens, but like, I was thinking like national championship and everything. Um, and so I just thought it was cool to like, like literally just year by year, they go by so quick, but like just the development that occurred every year, um, was, was cool to reflect on just hearing that stuff. 
and yeah, I don't know. I just, um, I don't know. I think back to like when I was a freshman and like shocked by the culture and the change of just really realizing, okay, I'm here for the team and not myself. And then that just made like all of my accomplishments just kind of happen naturally because I like really just followed the process and didn't have to do, I don't know, anything out of the ordinary other than just like believe in myself and trust my coach and follow my teammates to get me there. Yeah. And something that stood out to me when you were just speaking is the fact that you all of a sudden have to change your mindset. I think a lot of people go um, into college, they were stars in high school. um, And it's weird for them if they're suddenly not seeing success right away, or they're no longer um, the best on the team. And I think that was something that never was detrimental to your um, mental strengths. I think if anything, you just have always done such a good job of buying into the program and being there for the team. And um, as you said, trusting in our coach, Mike, and I think that was something that um, it's like an internal thing. It's something you can't teach, but that definitely was evident when you did have success because you never gave up on yourself and you were always like, well, I'm just going to show up and, and do what I can and know that I'm working for kind of a, a bigger purpose. And then that was extremely evident also in your leadership style. So, um, that was really, really cool to see. And also just your improvement from year to year was, um, as you said, that is rare in a sport of running, just because sometimes people kind of, um, you get to a point and it seems like you don't necessarily reach your peak, but it's, it is hard to keep cutting down time. And especially if people have success in the first couple of years of college, it's hard to continue to build on that. But the thing about your story is that super unique is even though it was almost like a staircase, you kept getting better and better, but you also had, um, you know, just as many setbacks and, something that stands out to me is I remember my freshman year, your sophomore year, and remind me of the exact injury. All I know is that you had two major injuries in your hips and, um, you know, you could barely walk. And I just, it, just going from that and then being able to, to come back from something, you can't even do normal things in your daily life. And then suddenly getting back on the track and, um, you know, how did you get through that time? Yeah. So I had a uh, stress fracture in my femoral neck and torn ended up finding out I had a torn labrum later um and yeah there, it, like it's weird to think about like how I literally you like uh, many people have who that have that injury you just literally can't walk like I couldn't lift my leg and then months later down the road I'm back running again but to me like I guess I got, like I wouldn't say I got lucky because it wasn't lucky but I spent half of my high school career injured or the latter half, which is the important half. And I came into college not being able to run for most of my freshman year. So to me, like injuries were never like um, end game for me. I just knew I, I, I never saw like me not having success. I knew that sometime down the road, my goals were, I was going to get to my goals and I would just was waiting for it to work out. Like when I would get a bad MRI reading, I'd feel sorry for myself for like 24 hours. That was my, that was what I would let myself do. And then I was like, all right, now we're going to get better. So I guess I just, and like also being just like, you know, I'm going to PT school now and I've always wanted to go there. I just, I don't know, being sciencey, I was like, this is just the process of recovering. Obviously I did something to myself that caused me to be injured for whatever reason. And I never like looked at it as, it was bad luck, I would say to some aspects, but like, I don't know, the, my bones broke for a reason. And I, I wasn't 
I just like, I, I love competing so much that I wasn't going to let that take me away from it. And there was a moment in my career, like so, my sophomore year hip injury, when I re-injured it and, and ended up tearing, finding out I had a torn labrum. When I thought I had rebroke my hip, I, there was a moment where I thought that I was going to like be forced to retire. Mm-hmm. And I went like a day having these thoughts in my head, thinking like I had to talk with my trainer and she was like, you know, if this happens, potentially we could think about this. And I was like, and she was like, but you don't have to, you don't have to retire if you don't want to, like, it's all up on you. And that's when I was like, I thought I literally sat down and was like thinking, what would my life be without like finishing this out? And as long as I had the opportunity to compete in the black M compete for myself, do what I love. Like I I wasn't going to give it up because I just love sports. And now I'm obviously dealing with like (laughs) losing my ability to compete or like, I don't know, I need to find outlet to do but like that's just like people have different passions in life and mine is running and or sports in general it's not even necessarily just running but I wasn't gonna ever let anything get in the way of that yeah no I love that you can tell that it's just part of who you are and I guess uh, get into more of your high school experience did you grow up well I know the answer to this but playing multiple sports and um, you know, what kind of led you to running and um, kind of channeling all of that passion for competing into track specifically? Yeah, so I've, as you know, I've played sports like forever. Started with soccer, was always soccer until I like just was full on into running like my junior year of high school. I played club soccer um, for the local team here. Um, I also played basketball up until high school um like volleyball softball I did everything for a short stint at at least but I would consider myself a soccer player up until I like actually quit all sports and just decided to run and I decided to do running just because I wanted to play in college and that's what I was best at um and I always knew no matter what sport it was going to be I was going to be at Michigan whether it was shortstop point guard all that um but like I uh when I think about especially now not being an athlete, or I am still an athlete, but you know, um, a a part of a team, at least right now, I just, I like, I think that I like sports for the competition aspect. Like I, I want to even necessarily sometimes like if I'm called a runner in PT school now by people who don't know me that well, or didn't know like my athletic background, I get kind of weirded out because I don't even know if I consider myself a runner. I think I literally just consider myself an athlete. And I think I mean, I don't think I was a, like, I was a good runner kind of statistically, but I don't think I was really good at running. I think I'm just a really good competitor and athlete and running is a sport that you can, that that brings, I don't know, your performance is brought out by your competitiveness and your athletic ability. If that makes sense. I don't know. But anyway, so um, yeah, I was, I was big into soccer. That was my sport. And I think that's where I get like my drive, my competitiveness, and also but like my patience, like we were talking about like the process and, and trusting it and knowing that I'm going to get there eventually and kind of was waiting my turn to, you know, develop, um, was just coming from soccer. I was never like the star of the team, but I was like, kind of, I don't know, just like the staple, you know, played any position I needed, played often. Um, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like the captain of the team. I was just kind of like the leader by example, always working hard. And so, and that didn't bother me. Like I didn't need to be the star of the show. I just always did what's best for the team. And I just loved winning. Like I still don't think you get as a high, like anything than when like your team wins together and you're celebrating a win, like all together. Um, so yeah, I don't know if that 
gets to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was perfect. And um, it is interesting when you say you consider yourself an athlete and not just a runner, because I do think a lot of runners get a stigma that they're not necessarily very athletic. And um, especially in the world of distance runner, there are some people that can, you know, they just have that like mental toughness and that, in that drive and they can, they can run for hours and, you know, are just fantastic runners. But on the other side of the spectrum, there are a lot of athletes that are great runners. And like you said, what kind of allows them to compete so well at the collegiate level is that, you know, they find ways to win races. And that's something that I feel like you always did a really good job of doing. Um, you know, you'd step up to the line and you wouldn't count yourself out for a second even if your training wasn't ideal, even if you were coming off of an injury, like in a sport like running, where somehow sometimes the buildup is just so emphasized in different training blocks. And, you know, if you do this in a workout, you should be able to do this in a race. But I think you mm -hmm. always did a good job of kind of putting that aside. And, you know, on any given day, you knew that you could compete with anyone. Um, and I think that was what made you such a phenomenal athlete at Michigan. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I agree, I agree kind of. Yeah. I also think yeah, I think it's it's funny cuz there's like so many different kinds of runners in the sport and sometimes you can kind of see like like I I don't know, I could just tell like the way that me and you tackle like the team or running in general. Um we were always more like team oriented and there's definitely it's not always a bad thing, but there's people who are more individually oriented and running is a sport where you can have both kind of and I don't know, I think it's interesting because it, you can definitely see that, you know, playing team sports kind of molds you into understanding, you know, sometimes you got to step back for the team or whatnot. And then other people sometimes just, you know, want to want to run it all for themselves, which is fine. Still, still getting good points for the team or whatever. But I don't know, different mindsets come from different backgrounds. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Another thing I want to touch on is um, kind of specific to the sport of running, but just knowing that you're going to endure discomfort and sometimes even pain before a race and kind of overcoming that. Um, and, you know, how did you block that out? Um, and then there are also times where, you, you, as I said, you stepped up the line, you were nursing an injury, or there was a period of time where you were not sleeping well at all. And mm -hmm for anyone to be able to perform at their best sleep is super important, even just in daily life. But, you know, especially in a sport like running where, you know, you do exert so much energy that rest is super important. Um, you know, how did you kind of approach those times in your career and um, kind of make it out the other side? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I was definitely, it's, it's funny talking about this now um, because like if you talk to my high school coach or you talk to my mom, like in high school, I, I struggled so bad with like performance anxiety and in, in like running. And like, I went through a time I, I was like really good in my early, I was really good in high school until I got injured. Um, like, I, I don't know. I just, I won a lot. And I think going from like middle school to high school, I put a lot of pressure on myself just like to constantly win. And there were, there was like a time where I got so bad that I dropped out of a race because I was so worked up before it. I had zero energy and I just kind of psyched myself out. And that was the weakest point in my, probably my entire sports career, just like mentally making the decision to drop out of a race. And from that point on, I was like, I'm never going to do this again. And yeah. Went to a sports psychologist, figured stuff out, took a lot of time to learning, learn stuff. But um, I've actually 
was just talking about this recently with my high school coach because I've been helping out a little bit there, helping helping people out who get really nervous before races. And because I was really bad at it. And it kind of took me, unfortunately, to sorry, Minky's in the background. Um, but it took like me getting injured and sitting out for however many months or years and watching the you know, running world still go on without me winning races and, you know, my rivals winning those races that I thought about every single day and the world was still going on. And it took me to like, kind of realize, oh, okay. Like running doesn't mean everything. Like my time will come and these people are winning and it's not the end of the world. And, um, and so then I don't know that, that kind of put me in my place. Then when I finally, and just the fact that I lost something that I loved, it made me like, just like, um, I don't know, I guess like respect the ability to run more. So then by the time I finally got out there again, it was nothing but fun, not worried about the results. Cause I saw the worst case scenario was me not finishing the race and somebody else winning and it was fine. So from that point on, I, I kind of the mental like pre-race nerves got out of it. And that's a lot just because I lost so, so much time with running. Um, but then in terms of like injuries and like the sleeping problem, uh, a lot of that was like, I feel like I was just on survival mode and again, <laughs> just like wanting to compete and only having such limited time until the next injury to do it. Like I was, I don't know. I just, once I got on the line, like I didn't think about those other excuses. And I'm not saying I wasn't thinking about that constantly when I was, you know, at practice or in, in, had zero energy, but I just, I, I'm not somebody to make excuses because the girls on the line next to me don't know like my story and they probably have the same or different struggles, but struggles still that got them to the line there today. And then if I chose to get on the line then I was going to block everything out and just do what I could. Yeah, no, I love that. Um, switching gears a little bit, you mentioned a little bit before how you're in PT school and you feel like you've kind of, um, I've always understood stood that when you do get injured, there could be a reason why and trying to kind of problem solve and figure that out so that, you know, you want to get injured in the same way the next time. Um, as you're kind of thinking forward, you know, to your career, it, it sounds like your, uh, you know, want to become a physical therapist has a lot to do with your um, experiences as an athlete. And so what are kind of your career goals and um, how much is that tied into the things that you've gone through yourself? Yeah. So my, I mean, being a physical therapist is a hundred percent tied into everything that I've gone through. Um, I've known that I wanted to be a physical therapist since my first time going to physical therapy in high school. And I'd say like my motivation changed a little bit just because, uh, at the time I thought it was a cool job where you were like helping athletes get better and stronger. And now it didn't take very long for the, me to then realize I was almost dependent on these physical therapists. Like when you're, when you're sidelined from whatever sport or not even necessarily athletes, but like any person in physical therapy for whatever reason are sidelined from whatever their passion is, whatever they want to get back to doing for whatever reason, then like you are depending on this physical therapist to, to get you to get back there. And, and to me, like they were part of the reason that like I kept on going because when I couldn't go to practice and I, I didn't have the resources to talk to people to know what was going on. Like I showed up to physical therapy and I felt like this is one place that I can belong when I'm injured. That's still close to competing because they catered it towards what I wanted to get out of it, which was running. So to me, that was like my only 
my only way get sometimes getting through my injury, at least when early into it, when I was like new to the whole getting injured and accomplishing or getting through that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, my, like my like purpose in life, I feel like is to just help people and physical therapy is my one way of helping people. I think eventually I want to get into coaching for sure. Yeah. Um, just having this like emptiness from like my, the lack of the team and everything. I've been trying to like find an outlet to replace um, running and competing. And the closest thing I've gotten to, and I've tried a lot of things, the closest thing I've gotten to in the past however many months um, was like, I, I went to the state meet and helped out um, my high school team, specifically like a girl that I'm kind of like, kind of a mentor for, um, and just helped her with like pre-race and, and, and stuff. And I felt like I was actually a coach and I, it was the coolest feeling. And it felt like I was back with a team and had a purpose in the sports world again. And so eventually I think I want to like kind of mold the two and see they both go hand in hand. So whether I'm a coach who can help my injured people more with my degree, or I'm a physical therapist who can help injured runners get through what they need to and, and kind of steer them in the direction of like being coached when they're out, whatever way I can do that is what I want to do. But I definitely want to be in the sports world. And I definitely, definitely want to help people not go through what I went through. Um, and if they are going through struggles, like I did, then get them through it and make them realize it's not the end of the road. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I know you're going to be a fantastic coach. I mean, just seeing you as a leader on our team and then um, you know, sometimes if you would need to help out practices, sometimes we'd have practices at different times and um, our coach needed help timing or if you're ever injured, um, you know, Meg was just always so involved and, um, you know, it's not just like timing, it's also kind of like coaching through workouts and things like that. And so, um, you know, I think it takes a special person to, to coach people. And like you said, whether that's kind of in the environment of a PT clinic or actually coaching a team yourself, I, I can see you really excelling in that. So that makes me happy that that's kind of what you want to do because I think you're going to be so good at it. <laughs> we are kind of running down on time, but something that I want to ask everyone after every episode, what is one big lesson that you've learned throughout your whole athletic career? And then what are you most proud of? Hmm. One lesson, um, I would say probably just um, it's really cheesy actually, but I feel like, I mean, I feel like I could say a bunch of things, but the most important thing, and, um, from being a part of a team, I would say is to like treat the person next to you, how you want to be treated, but not like in the like cheesy way that you hear since elementary school, but kind of just like when you're struggling and you think of the person who kind of helped you get through that practice or that day. Um, and, and think about, okay, the next time I see somebody struggling, this one word that somebody said to me helped me get through this entire 10 mile run. Um, so just like, I don't know, the small things that make you happy in, in your life, um, you can do easily just turn around and do it to the next person who might be needing it. So I don't know. I thought that was something that I brought towards, towards like, uh, I don't know, being a leader on the team every day was just thinking of moments when I was a freshman and lost and confused and how can I help this next person? Um, and what I was most proud of, um, uh, I would say some, a very like special moment of my career was the, the night that I was like told I was going to be running the DMR and 
pulled something out of it. Um, I just thought it was that was a cool like I don't know talking about my high school struggles and being super nervous before races dropping out everything that I'd gone to like my dream for getting to Michigan was to anchor the DMR and then to like get that out of nowhere where I wasn't even like invited to be on the DMR team originally and, and, and then anchoring that was was something that I'll always hold close to me. Yeah, I love that. I would say the same. If I were to answer that question, I was most proud of you for that too. So <laughs> thank uh, you. Well, thank you so much, Meg. It's been awesome talking to you. Um, I wouldn't have wanted anyone else to kick off this podcast with. Um, again, you're just you know, one of my best friends and the toughest, like most caring, determined people that I know. So um, I hope more people can hear your story and I'm just excited to see where your life goes going forward. Thanks, Maddie. I'm excited to see how, what you can do with this. I know you're super passionate about sports and you love having a voice and you're using it for the good and you, like you always are. And so I'm excited that you've stepped up and doing something that you're passionate about because you know, your voice deserves to be heard and you're, you're having interesting conversations. I'm excited to see who, you, who else you can talk to. Yeah, thank you so much. That means a lot. So thanks for tuning in, guys. And again, this is the Athlete Journal. I'm excited to see where this goes.